A biblical response to panic on this edition of Truth in Love. And you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems people face. One of the most persistent human struggles that we all encounter is the problem of worry. Everyone knows what it is to confront this problem. Some struggle with the sort of low-grade fever of worry over whether they'll have enough money to pay their bills at the end of the month. Others face the more extreme kind of anxiety that leads to the labored breathing and chest pains of a panic attack. Whether the problem is on the mild or the extreme end of things, we all face it, and that means we must have a biblical response for it. This is particularly important because many different voices undercut a biblical response. On the mild end of the problem of worry, many excuse it as not so big a deal. In fact, anxiety is one of the problems that Jerry Bridges identifies as the kind of respectable sin that Christians have wrongly learned to tolerate. On the extreme end of the problem of worry, many excuse panic attacks as a physical problem that only requires medical treatment. While it's true that some do need medical attention for extreme panic, we cannot reduce the problem to being merely a medical problem. The response of Jesus to worry is not either of those extremes. In Matthew 6, verse 30, Jesus grounds the problem of worry in the presence of, to use his words, little faith. This is a loving and powerful reminder from Jesus to we, his people, that we must fight our fears, however mild or extreme, with faith in Jesus Christ. That means that whatever else we do, those of us who worry must grow in faith in the kind care of Jesus, our shepherd. David Pallison is joining us on the podcast today to help us think through this important issue. David is a counselor certified with ACBC and serves as the executive director of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. He's also the editor of their journal, the Journal of Biblical Counseling. A while back, I caught up with David Pallison and asked him about this. Here is what he said. Let me just say a word to you. If even right now you are experiencing panicky feelings... That experience is one in which you well know. You're probably familiar with those feelings. This is probably not the first time. It's perhaps a very familiar enemy, as it were, arising from within your very own heart, which is the most distressing kind of enemy of all. And if I had to say one thing, it's that however alone, isolated, that experience of fear feels, that the reality that actually wraps around us is that you are not alone, that there is someone who is described as, a, as who describes himself in words that say, I will never, never leave you or forsake you. Never, never, never. You are not alone. And It's not as though just hearing that said is some kind of magic answer. Uh, It's one of those things that sometimes gets worked into our hearts more effectively during a moment when we're not feeling anxious or panicky. But it is the reality on which you can build your life. We, We live in a world that when you really think about it, we have many, many good reasons to feel fearful. We are, in fact, incredibly vulnerable and fragile beings. Um... There is a, 
a passage in Romans 8 that doesn't tend to get a lot of the, the airplay it deserves, but where Paul says the Spirit, and the Spirit is the one who mediates the presence of God to us, the one in whom we are not alone, says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It's really interesting that it doesn't say our weakness says as if there were a list, like 10 things that I'm weak, I have 10 weaknesses or 20 or five or, it says our weakness and weakness is a fundamental aspect of our humanity that our culture doesn't like to tell us that and often we as Christians don't even like to admit that most fundamental of all realities. But by creation, we are weak, we are like little children, infants who are utterly dependent on the care of somebody else. And our sin in which we run from that weakness, that essential dependency, makes us even more weak in a different sense. We are, we are weak and in need of mercy because of our sinfulness. And we are in need of mercy because the God who, on whom we depend, he must come through for us or we die. And there's this fundamental reality that in our weakness, he promises that he will not leave us. And the passage that had most deeply spoken to the young man who had come so far in dealing constructively with his feelings of panic was Psalm 121. And Psalm 121 is a, a psalm, it's short, but at every turn it actually acknowledges our vulnerability. It talks about the things that can threaten us by day and by night. And even that opening line, I lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? I think what it is actually saying, Jerusalem is actually a little knob of a hill that's in a bowl between high, higher hills, higher mountains. And everywhere you look in Jerusalem, you're looking up and an enemy could come over any one of those hills. And the, it's actually a picture of in a place where I don't know from which direction the threat could come and it, during day or by night or when I go out or when I come in now or in the future, there is one who keeps me. There's one who is a shepherd who walks with me. There's one who will not abandon me. There's one who, and in the, in the wonderful metaphor of another shepherdly keeping Psalm, Psalm 23, it says, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And it's actually a picture of the way that the shepherd who's taking care of sheep stands behind the sheep, you might say to the side and in the back, so he can actually keep an eye on those that he cares for. So the, shepherd, the shepherd's goodness and mercy are actually following the sheep is the way that he leads them into paths of life. And it is such a picture that someone has his eye on you and cares for you and will not leave you and has good purposes for you. And as you again think of the way in which well, Psalm 23 and Psalm 121 kind of play off each other and develop different things, I love it in the last line of Psalm 23 when it says that, after saying that goodness and mercy follow me, it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I don't really like the word house in that. House seems like a building and what it's talking about is that the shepherd is taking us home. He's taking us to where he lives. And the whole psalm 
of 23 and then the implication of Psalm 121 is, you know, we're on this journey and we're going somewhere and there's someone who's caring for us. And in the end of the journey, we come home and we're there forever. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you would like more information about a biblical response to worry, or if you would like more information about David or the ministry of CCEF, you can visit them at ccef.org. For more information about the ministry of ACBC, go to biblicalcounseling.com.